0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 705th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Welcome, welcome everybody. Greg Peterson coming to you from Urban Farm U in my new location in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm here with Bill McDormand. Hello, Bill. Hello, everybody. Always great to see you. You have such a long history. You've started seed companies and worked for a nonprofit, started a nonprofit all about seeds. So how about that for an introduction?
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like I'm just getting started. We just right? did a, just did another one day long seed school with 20 students, really enthusiastic. And it was just a, a nicer thing as I've ever done. It was nice. so exciting and everybody is so enthusiastic and, you know, yeah. and it, it gives you hope that, yeah. you know, we're get, we're actually going to pull this off. We're going to get enough people saving enough seeds to save enough diversity that we're going to make it, you know? Right. I like Woo. that idea. Yeah,
0: yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And for those of you that are on the live event, please put your questions in the Q&A. So tonight we are going to talk about how do you store seeds? That is the most asked question we get in our programs, right, Bill? And that's programs for 40 years. (laughs) right?
1: Almost every presentation I've ever given, there's a question about that,
0: so. How do you store the seeds, yeah. Well, the quick answer is keep your seeds cool, dark and dry. That's the mantra, but there are a few other tricks of the trade to make sure that your seeds will germinate year (laughs) after year and not necessarily what is indicated on your seed packet. Yes, that's one of the things. There's this falsehood out there that seeds expire. Right. So let's actually start there.
1: Well, you know, all seeds go to a major university, and they're schooled in corporate welfare. And so they're all taught to die after 18 months. And so that's why we Mm -hmm. have these rules. Mm -hmm. I'm just joking with you. You know, there is some version of a chart that you'll find If you Mm -hmm. go, how long will my seeds last? Google it up. Last time I did it, I was taken to Seed Savers Exchange, the great, you know, nonprofit seed exchange that saves so many seeds. And they said, oh, seed longevity chart. So I clicked on that. And it actually took me out of their site to Fedco Seeds, which is really really great seed co-op in Maine. And there was the chart. And I've seen this over the last 40 years. You know, and it says things like tomato seed will last from five to 10 years. It says that carrot seeds, here, I can just look. Carrot seeds last two to three years. Onion seeds, one year. How do they know this? Well, you know, so think about it. I've been challenging people for 40 years to answer the question, who did the research? And where is it? Where's the data? Who had all these seeds? kept them in good storage. And then every year took out some and germ tested them to see how it was going down over, the, over right. a 10 year period. Yeah. Well, I've never been able to find any documentation ever. Nobody's ever stepped up, but what did, ha- and I know it's not correct. It, it just didn't have, it had little relationship to my experience owning a
0: C company for 28 years. You well, know, I- for example, Go ahead. I, I had, for example, don't forget that right. example, but right. I read an article and this is out to have been maybe a decade ago about a university somewhere in the country. And I've gone back and tried to find it and tried to find it. They have seeds that were saved from the 1920s and uh-huh. they do a germ test on them every year.
1: Well, there you go. Now I would love to see that.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll but, say but I've never can. found it. Right.
1: So open call tonight. Out on the internet, if you're listening to the podcast, email me. You know, Bill at CornvilleSeed.com, and let me know if you if you can find that. So, what's happened? You know, I, I we routinely got ten years. Um, mm-hmm. After ten years, got ninety percent germination on tomato seeds. So, why would you say tomato seeds only last five to ten years? Right now. They do last generally longer than onion seeds, which are on this charts that say one year. So there is some information. It's kind of a relative thing on yeah. there, you know.
0: But here's the thing. If you're keeping them cool, dark and dry. Right. What kills them?
1: Well, you know, I don't.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, they're, they're living, breathing embryos. hmm. That have a lifespan. And if they're not getting, you know, if the conditions aren't just right for them, the weak ones, I think, start to expire. That would be one way of explaining it. I don't know. John Navazio and I opened up a can of onion seeds from the 1940s. I remember you and, told me that. And over 80% germ right after we opened it. Doesn't mean they'll last a long time, but they were in a sealed can, but they weren't vacuum packed or anything. And they were that kept the, cool. Was that cool the can dark. that I, that, I gave I you. Time. Well, I may have given. No, this was a family in California that grew onion seed for years. Oh, okay. And the son finally went home, took over the farm, cleaned everything up, and found this whole box of wow. onion seeds. For it was their heirloom California onion that his family had developed. Wow. And so I immediately thought of Dr. John Navazio, who's an open-pollinated plant breeder at Johnny's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately got the seeds to him because that's what he loves to work with onions, among other things. And so, so anyway, let's back to the chart. So I've been challenging people for a long time. Well, finally, I saw a reference to, it's called the Seed Durability Table. And it was published in the Southern Gardener mm-hmm. in 1838. <laughs> okay. And the numbers Some of the numbers start to line up with this chart. I think these guys published one article in 1838, and some version of it has been reproduced for different parts of the country Mm -hmm. ever since, without any or little new research. That's just my thinking. But it explains something really important to me. It was on the southeast, on the coast, probably. High humidity, warmer summer temperatures. Those are the things that would make your seeds last less time less years and that would more correspond to one year for onion or maybe five to ten for tomatoes and things like that so maybe we're getting down into where the knowledge came from i'm sure it was folk knowledge it was like they probably pulled all their gardeners and this is what they all you know at a time when everyone saved their seeds they had a lot more information than we do today so anyway the you know the the Bottom line for this part of the lecture is that keep your seeds for as long as you can. Yeah. And and if only one... if Yeah.
0: We're going the same way. Right, Go. If you get one seed, you were going to say, if you get one seed that germinates, you're bonusing.
1: So 99% die and you get the one, you still have it. So never give up on your batches. All right. And one of the other things is if you've got bags cans boxes of old old seeds always reach to the inside you're more likely to find viable seeds in in the middle because seeds protect seeds they insulate Mm -hmm. they're almost perfect insulation Mm -hmm. and they just set up the perfect conditions for seeds to survive so even though the outside ones might be sacrificed because of weird weather events or humidity or whatever the inside ones
0: could still be good so that's just a trick we learned so you you mentioned something that not everybody may know about a germ test say a little bit about that would you
1: well if you're selling seeds and you get a seed dealer's license Mm -hmm. which is required in most states now you'll be required to test the germination percentage of your seeds um a pro, you know i'm i'm generalizing because every state's different but 15 months would probably be the outside number
0: mm-hmm. you would
1: have to do it every 15 months 15 months was set up as a national standard years ago and when the first seed laws came about in the United States because there was so much fraud people were selling train car loads of dead seed and there's so much graft and collusion and when the when seed industry started seed seed exchange was always honest right Mm -hmm. you give your farmer people he was going to give you some back everybody acted pretty well but once companies came in and you can make a profit all this graft and collusion and weirdness came in and so we had to have national seed laws and those Mm -hmm. laws said test every 15 months we have to make sure your seed's alive so they came up for the rules for seed testing they're called And you can still get those rules today from an, it's the American Association of Seed Analysts. A, 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 however, the OSA or whatever that comes out to American Association of Seed Analysts. Anyway, and it's a PDF. You have to pay for it, but it'll tell you how many you have to test and what temperatures you keep them while you're testing them. Basically, you all you need to do is roll up a hundred seeds in a paper towel and keep it damp for four or five days. And I did that for 28 years for my seed company. It was always legal. I test, I uh, checked with both of my uh, agricultural departments in the two states I live. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy. You can demystify that whole process. You don't have to send them off to a lab. You can do that at home. And we teach that in our seed schools. In fact, there's a, a little segment on how to do that in our seed school online.
0: Yes, I think there is. Right. We actually do it live.
1: Yeah. 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 We ask you to get all this stuff together and get you to practice and do it. And so, right.
0: yeah. So That's, you basically
1: put 10 seeds across, 10 seeds up, a little square of seeds, roll it up carefully in a paper towel, mist it, keep it damp for four or five days unroll it carefully and count the ones that have little radicals coming out
0: and then take that sheet and plant it
1: yeah well that's yeah we just did that this weekend yeah it's great yeah you don't have to waste them so anyway the reason it was 15 months originally greg is that gave big companies a chance to sell seeds for two years without having to test they're always Mm. gaming the system For profit. And so they could, they would germ test in December, January. That's what most people do. The majority Mm -hmm. of their sales are in January, February, and March. Mm. And they would get a whole year all the way back to that January. And then they'd get January, February, and March, the 15 months. And then they just wait till the next year to germ test. Got it. You know, so it's even that is arbitrary.
0: Right. Well, so that points to the expiration date on a packet of seeds as. That expiration date and not the expiration date of the seeds themselves.
1: Exactly. That's their legal requirement Mm -hmm. is uh, is, uh, printed on the packet. Yes. In a lot of cases now. So, yeah. So actually, that's fueled the whole seed library movement. Commercial companies can't sell them anymore. It's not worth it for them to re-germination test them, take them out of the packets, whatever they would have to do. Remark right. the packets. So they donate them. And seed libraries have been one of the primary places that those recipients. seeds have been dominated. Nice. And know that if you have a seed library, contact your local seed companies. Chances are they got a bunch of boxes this time of year. They'd right. be
0: happy to get a tax write-off on. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right. So that's the expiration part let's talk about the cool dark and dry now right
1: so how cool let's just start with that okay generally in the industry the notion is that the cooler you make them the longer they'll last Mm -hmm. we don't know if that's really true because we just started saving seeds at the National Seed Storage Laboratory about starting about 20 years ago in uh, liquid nitrogen at 400 degrees below zero the idea is that you get them so cold they'll last forever but we really don't know how long they're going to last because we've never wow. really te- we we can't, we haven't tested it very long we just started doing it right and so if you were a seed bank, a regional or national seed bank at this point, and you wanted to know state of the art, or if you're a big company and you want to store your seeds, what you would end up doing when I was director, when Bell and I were directors at Native Seed Search, the standard was about 40 degrees for working collections. In other words, seeds you had to get in and out of a lot were always stored at around 40 degrees and permanent collection seeds were stored at zero. Roughly Mm -hmm. configured, those are the temperatures of refrigerators and freezers, especially walk-in refrigerators and walk-in freezers. And so it didn't take me very long to figure out, they don't have an industry standard. They just buy an off-the-shelf equipment that's available. And so that's what they seem to be working with. And yeah, if you wanna store your seeds in your refrigerator, say you live in a really warm climate, put them in glass. It's either yes. a refrigerator or a freezer. That's yep. one of the things we've learned. Or an impermeable plastic. Plastic bags don't make it. The moisture will go through eventually. We've yes. all seen that in old stuff in the freezer, fills up
0: with frost. Yep. You don't want you don't want that to happen to your seeds. So then the cool, then the other cool. thing, yeah, the other thing about the cool part, if you're keeping them in the refrigerator or the freezer, you want to take them out, let them come to room temperature, right, and that never made sense to me. I mean, it does logically, but right. there's so little moisture in the air in Phoenix, Arizona, that right. it's it was just never a problem. And all those funny little packets that you see in pills and stuff like that, the, the desiccation packets, Right. I. it's like, what are those for? It makes no <laughs> sense until I got here.
1: <laughs> now you know, right? In Carolina, North Carolina,
0: boy. I get it.
1: Right. Yeah. If you take if you open up your ice cold or your refrigerator cold jar filled with seeds yeah, and you just bring it out and open it up, all the moist air from your kitchen or wherever you are will go into the jar and it'll immediately condense on that cold surface inside the, the jar and your seeds yeah. will get damp. So, you know, all of us have done that <laughs> or, you know, open them up on a really dry day. You know, even where you are, don't you get sunny, hot, dry days? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, there's humidity here.
1: Yeah. I was driving through Phoenix one time and I heard on the radio that it was zero percent humidity. Oh, today. yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: is that really possible? But I mean, it's close. It feels that way. So anyway, how cool? The only real research. So dig around, find find papers. Let's see who's got the science behind it. Mm-hmm. The only scientific, the best scientific study I found was done by Dr. Bruce Bugby, Utah State University. He mm-hmm. got a large contract from NASA to study seed storage for human-powered flight human man human flights going to, to Mars. Mars. Yeah. And really did the testing. And what he You, I could talk about all of the details of it, but the only thing we as seed savers need to understand is that the curve starts to drop off as far as life in seeds above 80 degrees. Ah, all right. So, if you don't get your seeds above 80, a few will die every year. That germination percentage will start to go down, but it's a long, slow curve. You'll Mm -hmm. lose a few every year to where, you know, as I said, 90% drew after 10 years for my tomato seeds. But if you get them above 80, whammo, you could lose all of them or half of them or whatever. He said, that's the operational line for almost all the seeds they were testing for Mars. So just keep that in mind, keep Mm -hmm. them at room temp. You don't really need to go to extraordinary lengths probably to save your seeds. And then, you know, what I like to, when we give this lecture in seed school, I always end them with pictures of clay jars because I think clay is the perfect yes. place to store seeds. Why? Because they co-evolved with us storing them in clay in most parts of the world. I mean, when, in Africa, there's basket, but then they put mud on them. I mean, it's all kind of a,
0: an earth-based storage. Right. When they found some date palm seeds that were, what, 2,000 years old in a clay pot?
1: 2,000 years old, we've got lots of stories here in the Southwest of 600 year old, even bean seeds. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the date palm seeds were carbon dated. The others are just based on stories and dating from archaeologists. But, you know, um, the corn I'm growing, the example I like to give is the corn I'm growing will not grow now without me. If I stop taking care of it, even if it fell on the ground, you might get a few the second year, but by the third year, it's gone. Corn used to be a wild plant. It could take care of itself. It would just oh, it's a where... grass. Yeah, it was a tropical grass. Yeah. And so the corn we have today, 238 generations later, has been co-created. We created each other. All yeah. the major civilizations in the new world, as we call it, Aztec, Inca, Maya, and mm-hmm. the United States are all corn-based. It's in 80% of processed foods in the united states and so we need corn it needs us and that whole journey for 238 generations um probably i'm just philosophizing and generalizing here but i'll bet most of the storage in between growing seasons was done in clay yeah that's what it's used to And we know it lasts maybe hundreds of years. So why overthink this? You know, you don't need your desiccant things. Close up your containers on warmer, drier days. Don't do it on wet, rainy days. And if you can't find clay, which will actually help to wick the moisture out and away from your seeds.
0: Well, and then inside a clay pot, it's dark. There you go.
1: (laughs) It's the earth. In a sense, it mimics the earth. So, yeah.
0: All right, and then cool, dark, and dry. Talk to me about dry.
1: Well, dry is still being studied. You know, if you try to read the scientific papers, when I got to native seed search, the industry standard, or when they built the seed bank there that we were in charge of, the standard was 24 degrees humidity, or 24% humidity. Mm -hmm. So that's what they set the thing. And problems. Might have been too dry. Started losing some stuff. Yeah, 24%. Too dry. So too dry, maybe. So now they're thinking that as you get it cold, you can't get it cold and dry. But there's some trade-offs in there that we still don't understand. Mm-hmm. So again, I think, I don't know. I You know, they finally, I think at Native Seed Search, what they figured was that the concrete floor that they had poured for the seed bank was still absorbing moisture out of the air and actually making them way too dry. And then later the uh, humidity came back up. I mean, there's all sorts of this, this stuff that needs to be uh, studied more. I think, but yeah. you know, jars, room temp, clay pots, your tomato seeds will last ten years. How I, You know, how long do you need them? Right. I just did... actually, I just planted some Galena tomato seeds uh-huh. that were from 1989. So I don't even know how many years. I don't. I stopped counting. 1989 galena tomato seeds and i got about 70 percent germ they've just been wow. laying around the
0: house here in boxes you know that's like <laughs> 32 years yeah. 33 years ago
1: yeah thank you
0: don't right? just re-
1: relax storage is not going to be our problem
0: right you know? Vers- so uh, i i have my <laughs> answer for what our problem is what is your answer
1: oh i well it depends on what particular problem you're thinking of but you know i think what's that diversity Diversity. right and the this emergency scene that our society's gone into to try to save that diversity before it disappears by Mm -hmm. putting them in seed banks i just don't think in the end that's a very good idea i mean it was necessary i'm glad we have all those seeds tomorrow morning i'm meeting with the some of the directors of the world's largest seed banks and trying to find a way to get them out. They're losing their funding. Nobody wants to fund the big seed banks anymore. If they, Lord knows they don't have enough money to grow all the seeds out they collected 50 or 60 years ago that are starting, you know, that are now questionable. Their germ's gone way down. And so, you know, what are we going to do? It takes, when a commercial company gets seeds out of one of the gene banks, Mm
0: -hmm. it takes
1: them on average about 10 years
0: I was going to say 10
1: to create a new variety for industrial agriculture. And I was on the phone with one of the people that work at SIM the center for wheat and maize, which is the big seed bank in Mexico. And I said, do you really think we have 10 years? And after 10 years, you're going to get one or two new varieties that are drought and heat tolerant. They're trying to speed up their program for climate change. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think we have 10 years to do that. So Our plan is to get tens of thousands of varieties of wheat out. They have 160,000 in the U.S. Seed Bank. Wow, really? Get tens of thousands of varieties out mixed. Just mix them all. Send a little bit of everything you got. Mix it all up. Send it to us. And we'll send it out over a grassroots network of gardeners all over North America and the world. Uh And they'll promise to, number one, see if it works where they live. Whatever works. Right? If you're if they're going a thousand varieties and three or four of them work, save those seeds and plant those again and send some back to us. And that way we can get immediate data on what is in our big seed banks for what works where. Yeah. Which is what we're really gonna need is seeds that work where, you know, yeah. to re like regionalize this whole
0: economy. So yeah, it's kind of exciting. Well, that's a big reason that we do the great american seed up is to get the seed diversity out to communities everywhere so right. that they can start getting implanted exactly the same idea
1: you know if you don't have enough seeds in your community and lord knows phoenix doesn't
0: we... <laughs> that's why we started that's why we started this conversation <laughs> almost 15 years ago The least sustainable city in the world. And that was the
1: book that was published about the time we were talking about it. It was kind of bird
0: on fire. Yep.
1: Yeah. But it's so, you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to get thousands or you're, you know, you were always the first to say, oh, 10,000 urban farms, right? Yep. Well, you know, out of 5 million people, that really isn't very many, but it's way more than the 10 they have now. (laughs) Exactly. When you started, I mean, there's, you know, you made a huge impact. But what we, if I remember, what we started thinking was that, okay, let's look around the country and get bulk amounts of seed. Who has enough seed that we can bring in bulk amounts and of land-race varieties, varieties with huge amounts of diversity? diversity in them that have proven themselves all over the country how do we get like baskets of that stuff into phoenix and then let people scoop out their own seeds so we don't have to pay for packaging right Right. which is 90 percent of the cost and so let's just be a big pop-up costco one day seed palooza you know
0: (laughs) seed a palooza maybe we should call it that yeah well then for those of you that aren't in phoenix we have a bundle that's available for y'all to do your own.
1: You can do your mini seat up. You know, so during COVID, that's what we did. We packed up bulk amounts with all the bags and cards mm-hmm. and everything you need. So you can do your own mini seat ups wherever you are. And the idea is the same. Let's get as many seeds out there in as many hands as we can save, and teach them how to save them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing. So cool, dark, and dry. Have we covered everything?
1: Well, yeah, I we have. The only other thing that you really need to think about is that um, you're going to have too much,
0: you know, see, once you start, once you start saving seeds, you know, I've said this, I've said, I'm going to interrupt you. Don't forget that thought I've said for decades that the only place that lack lives is right between our ears. Because when I look at the, the amount of apples that come off my apple trees and the amount of seeds that come off of carrots, carrots are insanely productive with seeds like the the abundance is just mind numbing sometimes
1: right we figured this was something i we did a seed school in tucson across the street from a market garden this friend a really great friend of mine and it was getting into this late spring in tucson days are getting hot so we Mm -hmm. went over there and we looked and oh my god half of his bed of lettuce had bolted Mm -hmm. and was going to seed right And so for him as a market gardener, he's like shaking his head going, it's over. So I said, so how long do you get to sell a head of lettuce once it's in this garden? He said, this time of year, three or four days. When it starts to get hot, it doesn't stay good very long. And then that's only if I put it in ice water first, chill it out. Then I can take it to the farmer's market for the weekend. And I said, so how much do you get for that head of lettuce at the farmer's market? And he said, well, we're getting up to four bucks, sometimes five for mm-hmm. really good heads now. You know, mm-hmm. I said, OK, do you realize that those heads that have gone to seed, which lettuce is easy, right? It's a self-pollinating plant. Yeah. All you have to do is save the seed, right? And there, it's mind-numbingly productive. Big, huge, yellow plume of flowers turns into thousands of parachutes ready to blow away, right? All you have to do is grab it and shake it in a bag. It's really hard people to, right. to as lettuce seeds, right? That you could get $500 worth of lettuce seed off of one plant. I'm just in packets. And those packets, in packets instead, yes. and seed packets, and instead of only having three or four days to sell your product, if you keep them cool, dark and dry and germ test them occasionally, those lettuce seeds will last 10 years and all you have to do is let them go to seed this is way more productive of a product and I think every market farmer if you know one tell them this is what they should be doing is adding their own adapted varieties to their sales list and sell the lettuce and the packet of the lettuce seeds yeah. You know, my friend uh, Nash Huber does that for carrots up in Seattle. Oh, yeah. He's fam- famous Nash for that.
0: Nash seeds.
1: Right. So the idea is you're going to have so many seeds. What do I do now? And this actually causes depression because you end up with boxes of seeds. And if you're in the early years, my younger life, I didn't put the year on them. I don't know how old they are anymore. Mm. They're all valuable. I want to keep them. But now mm. what do I do? You know, I'm have got. I'm 68. Am I going to get ten more gardens? Eight more? I don't need very many more seeds. Right. So that's where you know if you're talking about storing your seeds, you got to go to community. Yeah. You got to take them to your seed library. You've got to, if you don't have one, help start one. Seed an annual seed exchange. Throw a big potluck dinner. Invite down a bluegrass band. Price of admission is a dish to eat and seeds you've saved. And set aside four or five hours and 50 tables and let everybody bring their stuff and, and exchange and talk and bullshit and get all the seats they need for the year. Yeah. And then you'll even be more depressed because you'll come home, you still have too many seats and you brought even more of them home. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: All so right. That's, well
1: th- that's the seed story. So do we have any questions?
0: No, alicia has been Alicia's been posting questions for us and some links. But okay. Nope. no questions. And I think we did a good job. So uh, I think we'll call this one good.
1: I so love it. we have,
0: so, go ahead with what you were going to say.
1: Well, I was just going to kind of, uh, my wrap up thing tonight is that I was honored to be able to go to India, mm-hmm. to Navdanya this past month and visit Bandana Shiva at her location. Wow. Where she she stewards, among other things, 700 varieties of rice and teaches people yeah, from all. all over the world how to do exactly what we've been trying to do mm-hmm. just to get her region up and running with seed saving. Because in especially in their country, that's going to be the only answer if they want any kind of control, democratic control over their lives. And she's written extensively. If you haven't read any Vandana Shiva, I highly recommend it. If you yeah. ever get a chance to go. And I got to go to her seed bank, which was the mother seed bank. She started in 1978. And now they have 200 satellite seed banks nice. seed libraries around the country and when i was there greg there were about 40 women farmers from all over india that had been brought there beautiful all dressed beautifully being certified as seed teachers and when i got to go into the mother seed bank and look there they were the most beautiful clay pots i've ever seen where did you get these they had the maid in one of their local villages for their Mm -hmm. seed storage. And so they're in India, high humidity. I think it was 85, 85 every day I was there. And they've got this cob building and clay pots and their seeds are safe and they're being stored. And it's just beautiful. And that's what we, I got so inspired. That's what I, that's what we all need to be working on.
0: So. Right. Nice, nice, nice. Donna says, this has been fun. Thanks Greg and Bill seeds are wonderful spreading the wealth. I love that. That's awesome. We have, if you're in the, in the Arizona area, we have our annual, this will be the eighth time we've done it in Phoenix, the great American seed up. It's a, an event where you come in and scoop seeds to your heart's content, and they are ultra inexpensive. And we've designed, we've designed them to make the scoops up to 10 times the amount of seeds you'd get in a normal packet of seeds. And we charge like 75 cents, a dollar,
1: $1.50 per scoop. Yeah. So they're significantly less than what packets of seeds started. Yeah. We really haven't raised prices much.
0: Not over much. The I, year. Actually, I think that we do have some that are two and a quarter. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. We've had to do a few and some have been in short supply, but 4,000 pounds of seeds in two days. Yeah. You know, we'll do uh, a couple of a ton, I think. You know, we got over the ton, Mark. And uh, how many? Six or 700 people? Huge yeah. fun. If you yeah. just want to come and be around seed people going geeking out on seeds.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Deb wants to know, is it more cost effective to come and scoop your own? Good question. You uh, mean
1: that to buy them through the, the seed up. Uh, up in the
0: box? The seed yeah, it box. is cheaper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: it is. There's okay. shipping. And there is a little bit more involved because we have to do more packaging. We, you know, our whole crew, we volunteer in a sense. We all go down to the shop about what, three or four times a year yep, and bag things up for that. And so there is time, energy and labor into that. So, yeah, the very cheapest way is like what we've got cute. huge. Ba- we've got 50 pound bags of lettuce and beet seeds and carrots. And we dump them into big buckets and buckets and you just scoop them right out. That's the cheapest you'll ever get them at a retail level.
0: Yeah, exactly. Cool. And it says she already has her tickets. Yay. Also, if you're interested in seed school, you can go to seedschoolonline.com. Yeah. And uh, that is Bill and Bell and I teaching seed school.
1: You know, and that's really one of the gems that period when we were doing that really, you know, if you, I feel like an old rock and roller looking back over my career and, <laughs> and for a while there, man, the the band was jamming. And that, with that, right. that series in there is really, really a sweet spot. And so thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That that's still available online for people. I, yeah. We're, we're having fun. We've had people start seed companies
0: because of, of that. School. Yeah. yeah you
1: know, so even if that knew nothing, even they weren't even gardeners, a couple of them. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: All right. Very good. Well, thank you all. And we will see, let's see the garden chat is next week. I don't know what the topic is, but I'm sure Janice has a cool, cool person involved with that for our chat next week. And then uh, we'll see you next month, Bill. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye guys.